1: And welcome to CEO Coach this wonderful Monday morning. I'm calling from, let's see, a very cloudy and cool Seattle, Washington. I hope everybody else's summer is going a little better. In the meantime, we're going to talk today about the lowest cost marketing ideas you can get for a very early stage startup. When you've got those very early days going, there's absolutely no money on the table. This is a common thing. Don't panic. You can still get those first hundred customers in your house. I'm actually going to do a talk about this over at Techstars in a couple of days here. Uh, Lots of people ask me about that. It's okay once I've got stuff going, but how do I get those first hundred customers? Well, here's some good ideas. Today, Brasco, who is my uh, producer here at Webmaster Radio, sent me a link to a 10 tip article, right, top 10 list of uh, things to do to make your own business card extremely good really cool little uh, article there and I'm going to put a link to it in our uh, Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO coach actually it says six ways to make your business card your best marketing tool now I don't know that it will be your best marketing tool but I do know that it is still one of the least expensive ways to market anything anywhere the first thing you do when you decide to start a company go get a bunch of them It's cheap for 1,000 or 2,000 or 2,500 of them. Hand out at least two per person. Sometimes I would hand out three because they're so cheap. It's one for you and one to lose and one to give away. It makes the other person think about it for a second, they chuckle, they actually acknowledge that they've received it, they usually look down at the card. Otherwise, as we pass cards between us, no matter what the culture, we tend not to look very carefully at it. Even when you're doing the two-handed Passover, people kind of look down at it, but they're not really getting the information. Saying something... That makes it a little bit remarkable in their mind, jogs the memory or the the, the thought pattern just a tiny bit, makes them actually acknowledge what they looked at in the card. That means they'll recognize it. They know they've got three of them and they're floating around. In truth, you'd be thrilled if they handed it to somebody else someday, but in all likelihood, your card will simply just be around a few weeks later when they've lost card number one and card number two. Right, So your cheapest, least expensive thing now is not just to get the cards, because that does cost a little money, but the no-cost trick is to make sure they actually look at it, acknowledge it, and you've handed them three. All right, how about the ideas that this article is giving us on how to make that card really, really good? It says, Think about tracking it, add a QR code or a SKU so that you can see who's actually scanned the card, gone onto your website and so on. Driving people from your business card to your website, great idea, go for it. It says you could challenge people, you surprise them with a fun fact or figure on the business card, kind of like Trivial Pursuit. I think of that as kind of silly and I'm not sure I would counsel any serious company to be doing that. Uh, adding credibility with testimonials not unreasonable you could do that on the back of the card Uh, does mean double printing and so on it's okay and in some industries it would be really cool in some industries Not so much, you think about it. Supporting a cause. Now, there's an interesting idea. If you do cause marketing, we know that that's a very effective process in which you do something that's good for your customer, your customer purchases a product or service from you, and a piece of it will go off to a particular goodwill type organization. So, supporting a cause, there's an idea. X percent of whatever we do goes to fill in the blank. Business card might not be a bad idea to uh, add that information right there. Put a face and a name. It says put a face to the name in this case. Again, some industries do it a lot. Real estate, some attorneys, even, uh, accountants, even, and so on. I don't know. Insurance companies do it a lot. The face to the name, well, that's nice, but I don't think it's relevant to almost any industry and kind of certainly not in the tech industry. Seems some industries are still very old school and you can go for that. So think about that one carefully. Uh, it does say about mem- making the handoff memorable and that's what I just talked about as well. So yeah, we would both agree on that. There are a few more uh, fun things in there and I'd suggest you come read that article. Number two on very low cost or gorilla type marketing, obviously the social platforms. If you can drive somebody from your business card to your social platform, I think that's a whole lot more valuable than popping your face on there or some kind of trivial pursuit type question. I think you should be putting on your Facebook page, your LinkedIn profile, uh, your Twitter profile, uh, those kinds of things. They're as important as your cell phone. If it's going to start looking busy on the front of the card, do feel free to put that on the back instead. All right? You like to keep your card nice and clean and elegant and so on. The first impression is important, but if, again, you've got too much information in your social profiles, Back of the card's a great place for it. With the social platforms, it's more than just sending them to those platforms. It's about being engaged. There's no way around the hard work on this stuff, folks. Don't even try it, right? You can certainly connect your social profiles to each other so that they have access to each other's information, right? There's no reason why your Facebook uh, you know, stream should not tell people what you've said on Twitter. They can pick it up at either place. It's not like you're really going to be hitting the same people twice. They're not hanging out in both places, just checking for what you said. We get that that's all fine so in that way yes you can leverage one to feed the other but you've got to come up with the good stuff and here's obviously the killer that we all know and we all sometimes forget it's not about you it's about what you know it's about what you can share it's about the value to whoever's reading it so keep that prime directive in mind every time you use your social profiles remember that it's on your business card and the first impression somebody's going to get from that business card when you meet them at i don't know meetups and tweetups and you know conferences and events and just on the street and having lunch and who knows what is going to be that social profile if they go check you out at all so say not just things that are witty but say things that are valuable You don't have to make them up. You actually get greater engagement, and this is a serious stat, you get greater engagement if you quote other people's work. Get up in the morning and read what you read, absorb the information that you absorb to do your business well. Everybody does it. We get up and we look at something. Today, for example, again, Brasco uh, and I were talking just before the show about Yahoo's purchase of Tumblr. Everybody in the industry is going to be looking at that particular purchase. And as a matter of fact, today, a whole lot of folks outside this industry are going to be looking at it because that's a lot of money. But those are the kinds of things that we do. Now, if somebody's tweeting this morning, they're going to be tweeting about Tumblr, about Yahoo, about what's going on, about how they'll monetize it. I'm seeing a lot of articles and blog posts already about the death of Tumblr. Yeah, there's always, you know, naysayers and so on. And then those who have good ideas about how it will be monetized. And, of course, everybody's ruminating about whether or not Marissa Myers has some idea already about what she's going to do with it. So, all exciting stuff. You do the same thing. Every morning, get up, read whatever you read about your industry and share that stuff. I was meeting yesterday, no, excuse me, not yesterday, about last week with a uh, finance guy. It was somebody at a major bank who does um, investment management stuff. And that guy was telling me that he's not really good at Twitter. He doesn't have an account. He doesn't really know. I said, wait a minute, wait. How do you connect with And excuse me, how many customers do you have? And he said, over 300. I said, all right, let's start again. How do you connect with over 300 customers on a pretty much daily basis to let them know what it is that informs you when you counsel them what to buy and what to sell? And he made the gesture of picking up a telephone. Oh my gosh, he gets on the phone with more than 300 customers and it takes him about a week to do this and he has to do it weekly just to keep in touch with them so they stay with him as a customer and he does not leverage the simple tools of social platforms to connect with them on a regular basis. Well, he explained, we have a lot of regulations and finance and so on. I said, well, look, you would never, one, do it as your professional name. You do it personally. Number two, you don't tell people what to buy and sell and do financial counseling through things like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn or groups or things like that. That would be downright foolish. Of course you don't cross that line. But you do tell them what you're reading. You tell them that you're keeping up with the industry. Even if the people who are watching your Twitter stream or your Facebook streams or, I don't know, you have a Google Plus Hangout now and then, even those people right, who are watching that would never expect you to provide them with counsel on an open platform. They'll get on the phone and talk to you about their own portfolios and you'll do things the way you're supposed to do them. That's fine. But how will they know whether or not you know what the heck you're talking about? The answer is if you've read your stuff and you've shared those good ideas that other people have already published in the major papers, in the major blogs, whatever it is. You come across interesting information. It tells people, you can trust me. I'm keeping up with the industry. Come see me later. This is Julian Musick at CEO Coach. We'll be right back with great ways to market your product early, easy, and inexpensively. Stay tuned.
0: More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com.
2: This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social
1: PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. dominate brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding-edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social.
2: The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 17th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly-ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May thirty first, 2013. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today.
0: Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: And welcome back. We're talking about very low-cost or no-cost marketing ideas to get those first 100 customers in the door. We talked about business cards, talked about social platforms. We're going to talk about blogs. Yes, blogs do work, and it's a really good idea. But here's the thing about a blog. You can't just start one. You've got to do it right. And you've got again do the hard work. So what you're hearing now on a regular basis in this podcast is you exchange time for money. If you haven't got the money to spend on other people doing this sort of thing, you're going to have to spend the time in the earliest days. Not an unreasonable trade off, right? So set up blog, do it right, and set it up so that you know in your schedule that you're going to blog daily i say this again and again and those of you who have listened to many other podcasts here will know that this is an old quote All Right, the fellow that shows up the gal that blogs daily the one who constantly is there with good high quality information well researched and well presented and just does it again and again and again the one that shows up that's your successful CEO, far more than a brilliant idea, far more than having loads of money invested in you and, and having that to spend. Right, The one that shows up is the CEO that will succeed. So put it on your list. Really, blog daily. I know I often tell people, all right, well, if you can't do that, then two or three times a week and this and that. But let's not play games. You want to win? Do it Right. Okay. Once you've got that going, and you know you'll put up something on a daily basis, it becomes part of your habit. A little SEO is going to go an awful long way. Right. Don't waste all of the time and effort you're about to put into doing research, writing something, putting up photos, videotaping things, whatever it is. Right? Do it with a little bit of SEO so that you're sure that the page can be found, indexed properly, and will reside for a long time in the indexes of the major search engines. And now you're going to want to get some readers because the first couple of days, of course, nobody's reading it. That's no fun. And, of course, we're talking about getting those first hundred in. So how do you get folks to read what it is that you're writing on your blog? Here's a really good tactic. You go to the folks who already have lots and lots of readers. You read what they're talking about and of course they should be somewhat related to your industry or folks that you want to have come over to your place. So it would be your customers. If you're in real estate, you want those that are buying real estate or renting it or constructing it or whatever it is that you do. All right if you're an insurance you want those who wish to buy insurance. All right. Now that we've got the idea, you go to your target customer places. Where are they already reading this stuff and who is already a leader in the field? It may not be another company. It is often a luminary in the field, a thought leader. All right. Once you know that, you go over to that blog, you read it on a regular basis. Lurk for a while. Lurk listen, and then finally lean and do something, all right? So don't comment until you've been there a while. Once you find yourself an article where you say, that's an interesting point of view that this other guy's putting out, I could write an article from an opposing point of view or an additional piece of information about whatever this guy's talking about. That's what you want to do. You get inside and you comment deeply, not just I don't agree or there's more to this or whatever. And you don't just send them over to your website, but you comment deeply about it. Once you've discussed the issue, then you say, and I've actually written a blog post with this information that spells out whatever the heck you want to say, and you send them over to your blog. If links are not permitted in the comments, you simply mention what your blog is, and you tell them the name of your article. Don't go spamming and putting in links where they don't belong. What you've done is leverage somebody who already has a large audience to reach their audience. Not everybody in their audience is going to read every article they write, and not everybody will read every comment. But if you have an interesting and good-sized comment and you get in there pretty early, preferably slot number one in the comments, you'll get an awful lot of readers. And some of them are going to come over to your website, and they're going to check out what you're doing. Hot stuff. That's getting your very first readers and customers in there. Even better, of course, is if you can invite the original author, this thought leader in the industry, to come over to your place, read what you've written about his subject, and perhaps he will comment about that too. So again, I've said this many times before, we do not cross the line between damned it and damned you. We only talk about subjects and issues and ideas. We never insult the author or the reader, right? So we never cross the line between damned it and damned you. Make sure that you're always focused on ideas and you take the high road. All right, let's keep moving. Awards. Just a moment ago, here on Webmaster Radio, there was an advertisement for entering the awards for a, your website, right? You would enter your website and Webmaster Radio is set, going to give out an award. Here's a deal. Go find those things again in your industry. Whatever it is that you do, enter. Just entering will get you something usually on that website, right? You will have entered. You're a contestant. And then you got to kill it. So again, we're back to doing that hard work and doing what you got to do. And then, of course, it would be real nice if you won because you really killed it. But here's something better yet. How about you create the awards? very early on at SEOmoz and we didn't have a couple of nickels to rub together we were looking for ways to get our first 100 customers as well and one of the things we did when we were service providers in search marketing was to create the awards for web 2.0 styled websites remember web 2.0 was a big thing right it's kind of hackneyed now but way back in 2003 4 5 right web 2.0 was hot so we did we created the web 2.0 awards About five or six years later, I mean, when this thing was way, way over, we were still getting people who were submitting their websites in the hopes of winning that award for the next year. We ran it for about three years, I think, certainly two, maybe three years. But after that, it was no longer a thing. Other companies, however, in the early stages of their startup were still trying to leverage those kinds of awards. They would submit theirs. So here's how it works. What we did was we went out proactively to the internet itself a couple of folks inside the office researched for gosh more than two to three months that was a lot of work Right? Reviewing websites, deciding what really defines Web 2.0 and discussing whether or not this was a serious player and a winner in their field for design, for concept, uh, for moving people through with a different kind of user experience, for being seriously interactive and giving users, uh, you know, a different way to engage with the web and all of that kind of cool stuff and off we went, and we did a number of awards in different sectors, so again, you know, there'd be one in the industry, and there'd be one in technology, and there'd be one in uh, science, and so on and so forth, right, you get the idea, we created the whole darn thing, launched it, it was a lot of work, it wasn't just an overnight deal, and then we gave out the awards proactively, and Instantly, and I'm talking within a couple of months, we already had people not only reading those awards, making noise about it. We did send out kind of uh, online press release type things saying that the awards existed. We tweeted about it and Facebooked about it and all of that. That's cool. We certainly marketed it through the platforms. But what we had were companies now submitting their websites for next year. We had become the good housekeeping seal of approval for things that were Web 2.0. And we were not more than five folks sitting in an office and pretty much starving there. You can do the same. Determine what it is where you, that you can leverage. You know, Determine what it is where you can give an award. You create the award idea and you create the awards. What gives you the right to do so? The same thing that gave us the right to do so. Absolutely nothing. And what gives anyone the right to do so? Nothing. You must take the responsibility and do the work. And that's what gives you the right in the end. So hot stuff to do. Enter for awards. Give it a good shot. Kill it and win it. Or better yet, you create it. We're going to take one more break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with hot ways to get those first hundred customers over to your website and to your product. This is Jillian Niesig at CEO Coach.
0: Stay tuned, more on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach, right after this. Time now
2: for another exciting episode of Face of Analytics, brought to you by analyticsocio.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the (laughs) (laughs) Outdoor. Hey, that ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with analyticsseo.com. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend certifiedknowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn, optimize, connect. Be smart. Go to certifiedknowledge.org now. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. Bringing to light views from the voices. Speaking out on the latest technical issues affecting you. This is the radio show that brings the internet marketing community to connect with you. Digital Marketing Matters. Presented by Fang Digital. Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen to the debut episode, On Demand Now, inside the internet marketing channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Welcome back. We're talking about getting those first hundred customers in the door. In other words, marketing at the very earliest stages. So we've already talked about business cards and social platforms and blogging and how to get some uh, blog, some eyeballs to your blog by leveraging the thought leaders who already have larger audiences. We've talked about awards, entering and killing it to win, and better yet, creating your own. Now we're going to talk about some things that are off the web. Let's talk about events. I would say attend them. It's that easy. Just go. Now, conventions and conferences, they can be expensive. You're going to have to target the ones you want, but here's a better idea. First of all, don't buy the ticket. Don't buy a booth. Speak instead. And how do you get to be a speaker? Well, now we go back to stage number one in which you had a blog and you would blogged daily. When you do that kind of hard work, you do get recognized for becoming a thought leader yourself. You can be a thought leader in the industry before you've even made a dime. It's not necessarily related to the finance. It's related to your depth of understanding and perhaps even your vision of the future of that industry. So that's how you get to become one. And you do the hard work by blogging daily. When you've done your research, presenting things well, engaged in uh, more and more readers and so on, then you get to speak at these events. So you should be pitching and pitching early and pitching often. One of the other things that politicians, for example, know very well is the mere mention of the name, creating a memory of the name inside somebody else's mind is enough sometimes to make them vote for you. If you pitch to speak at some kind of an event and you do it every single time they have an event anywhere in the world, sooner or later... You're going to get noticed. Sooner or later, somebody on that committee is going to say, you know, we keep looking in this, this, you know, gal keeps doing this again and again and again. Let's take a deeper look. What's she really got here? Sooner or later, you're going to get noticed. That's number one. So again, tenacity is important. But speaking at events is a very powerful way to do things. Now again, you don't just need to speak at those great major national and international events. Start small. Go to meetups. Make an offer to whoever's doing the meetup and the tweetup. Hey, I'll do a five-minute something on this subject. That's fine. Then a number of people will know whatever the heck you know. Then you can go to something slightly bigger. You can go to old-school stuff like Chambers of Commerce and so on. They need speakers, too. Keep submitting all around. Make an offer to do things ad hoc and speak to others one-on-one. Get good at it. When you meet people, you just kind of chat. So that's pretty cool. Volunteer to do things. Hop in, volunteer immediately. Everybody's going to take free labor and that's how you demonstrate and build yourself a body of work that says, I can do this stuff. Mentor. Become a mentor and do so as early and often as possible. There are things that you know that others need to know. It doesn't mean you don't need a mentor as well. And right about now, I'm going to plug somebody who just did that. There's a fellow by the name of Brett Reifers who has just come into the Seattle area and he started a company called ThinkJuice.co. You can reach him at ThinkJuice.co at gmail.com and see what he's done. But after three weeks on the ground, I was just chatting with my spouse the other day. After three weeks on the ground, we've both noticed this guy's got his act together. He's networked, he's volunteered, and he's mentored. He's engaged deeply with the entire community here in the industry in which he would like to succeed and he did it instantly here's the other tip engage tirelessly say no to nothing in the earliest days you may think it's a waste of time you may be 99.99% sure you could be 100% sure say no and it's at your peril the only way you're really going to find out what's valuable is by getting in there and doing it some of the most valuable things that I found were really those kinds of events where I was really a hundred percent sure it was going to be a waste of my time. And others where I put in a great deal of time and effort and money and so on and went, they were not so useful. There's only one way to find out. Get in there and do it. Preferably do it twice, whatever it is. Whatever meetup or tweet up or event or, or nonprofit org or, or volunteering position or whatever it is, do it twice. Once you've done that kind of hard on the ground work, you will really know what's useful and not and then you can start weeding it out. Be generous. It's not always about making money for your company because you've done this. Do it with a generous heart. Simply do it. Trust me, what goes around will come around. This is Jillian Music, at CEO Coach. You can download these shows through Uh, let's see, through iTunes, through webmasterradio.fm and we hope you'll check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast.
2: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health.